Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Let's get to our guest. Ken Wong is Asian Equity Portfolio Specialist at East Spring Investments on the line for us from Hong Kong. So once again, we have heard China will unswervingly stick to COVID zero. It doesn't seem like investors really believe that, though, when you look at the price action we are seeing, apart from, of course, the dip that you're seeing potentially in the oil market. But it's been such an incredibly uh, volatile 10 days or so since we started to get these rumours that there is a path to a reopening. Your thoughts on, on how you try and play this until we get some kind of concrete action or confirmation from authorities. Yeah, it's it's very hard because the fact is is that you know last week you know there was a lot of uh, positive vibes coming out, and then over the weekend you know there were concerns because when you look at the overall number of uh, COVID cases, uh, you know past few days, I, it has gone up, and so I think that you know it's, it's very hard to speculate specifically around that. But ultimately, you know what we try to do is when we look at. Uh, potential reopening uh, within China, you know, what potential sectors could benefit as a result of uh, China reopening. And we really want to focus on that because when it comes to investing in China, our belief is, is that, you know, you, you do really have to focus on policies, understanding, you know, how that can have an impact on corporates and their earnings. And then based on that, you know, really to focus on, you know, specifically identifying those companies, uh, you know, before China does reopen. Uh, and so tell us again what kind of sectors I guess you're looking at there on that reopening theme and also in terms of uh, what China is, is giving in terms of policy support. There, there's a few things we look at. I mean, especially when it comes to reopening, you know, our focus will be on some of the consumer discretionary areas. You know, when we look at, you know, some of the leisure areas, entertainment related, uh, those potentially could be a benefit. Uh, airlines, again, could also be a benefit. And then sort of for more medium to longer term basis, our belief is looking at, you know, some of the tech self-reliance, looking at the new energy, looking at specifically, you know, the renewables. You know, these are really going to be sort of some of the key areas that we focus on, both short as well as medium to long term. What I thought was interesting on Friday was the basket that we're looking at of reopening stocks across the region. So you look at the likes, I mean, you mentioned airlines there, but Korean cosmetic stocks, for example, were rallying pretty hard. I mean, we are just waiting for an official confirmation. But when it comes to some of the big moves that we've seen in those types of players, is it already priced in or is there further kind of upside for some of these sectors and stocks? No, there definitely can't be um, further upside. The fact is, is that, you know, we, we know that there's a lot of money on the sidelines waiting to wanting to or wanting to uh, reinvest back into China. But the fact is, is that there needs to be a bit more clarity from a lot of investors point of view. And so that's why, you know, a lot of investors, especially the overseas ones right now, will tend to be more cautious and waiting on the sideline to see, you know, when they can get a bit more clarity from the Chinese government in regards to COVID policies. But again, before that, you know, you do really need to, you know, be positioned in certain sectors that, you know, when the reopening does happen, you know, that could potentially already be after the fact. So you do mm. need to uh, speculate a bit in regards to uh, what sectors could benefit as a result of reopening. 
So we are seeing uh, some uh, pretty big calls in terms of where we see rates peak. Nomura raising their estimate to a range of 55 to 5.75%. Barclay saying it is finger-in-the-air estimate rather than high science. But how much, I guess, further bloodletting can we expect in the Treasury market as we wait to see the Fed funds rate peak? Yeah, that's very difficult to say at the moment because the fact is, is that with still you know, fairly higher than uh, and strongly than expected economic figures uh, coming from the U.S., uh, potentially the Fed can actually go, uh, go through this uh, interest rate rising pattern again in 2023. And that's why there seems to be a lot of people now in the streets uh, being a bit more concerned, you know, how much further the Fed can raise it. So, again, you know, we're very much with the consensus, you know, sort of hovering around that range. Um, and so, you know, we're not trying to out-forecast and <laughs> understand what's going on there. But the fact is, is that, you know, for 2023, our expectations is that, you know, U.S. economic growth will uh, gradually start to uh, slow down further. And ultimately, uh, you know, when we look at inflation numbers, it will start to uh, decline a bit. But we're still looking for probably around a 4 to 5 percent uh, inflationary growth uh, for 2023 in the U.S. Uh, the dollar strength, as we know, playing into uh, havoc in terms of a number of emerging markets and, and Asian markets in general. China today ending its streak of stronger than you expected yuan fixing, uh, setting the reference rate there at 7.2292 against the dollar. What sort of further implications are we expecting to see in terms of the PBOC trying to guide this currency amidst a strong dollar? Yeah, they're trying to do this very carefully because the fact is, is that, you know, while they do want to, you know, sort of put currencies at a slightly weaker position, uh, trying to attract a bit more foreign direct investments uh, going forward. The fact is, is that, you know, they have to be also mindful as to kind of where they set their currency level as well, um, especially compared with the rest of Asia, where, you know, you have the yen depreciating significantly. You know, in India, you have their currency, you know, having fallen quite a bit as well. So ultimately, you know, there is a fight for foreign direct investments going back into various markets here within Asia. And so as a result, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what central banks do going forward, because ultimately, uh, Asian economies here have a very different pattern when it comes to inflationary pressures. And so as a result, you know, they might not need to necessarily, you know, be on a similar trajectory and pattern as to what the Fed is doing in the U.S. We've talked about uh, your views there on on China and the reopening. What about in terms of some of the other opportunities that you're seeing across Asia when we look at the regional benchmark index, which very much underperformed the S&P 500 over the last three months or so? Do we see a, a bit more of a stronger conviction rally into the latter part of the year? There could be, and particularly, you know, we still continue to like India. The fact is, is that while India is actually one of the best performing markets here today, especially when you look at uh, its returns on local currency basis, the fact is, is that, you know, there's still a lot that's going on, uh, which we see as quite positive in regards to India, you know, with India fully reopening, with specifically, you know, more companies increasing their capex. We're expecting to see further earnings growth. We're looking to see specifically uh, more companies also uh, going through their IPO process within India. We're definitely seeing a lot of positives, uh, again, more economic activities, which are trending in the right direction as well. So despite the fact that you know markets are trading at, you know, four earnings multiples of 20 some odd times earnings, we're still seeing a lot of positives. We're seeing India similar to kind of where China was about 20 years ago. And so when you look at some of the industries like the financial industries or the consumption side or more real estate companies being listed, you know, there is definitely you know more opportunities when it comes to stock pickings within India. And just very quickly, Hong Kong, I mean, we had the, the sevens over the weekend. Is, is the reopening kind of slowly happening there? <laughs> I, it, it is to some extent. 
Uh, the fact is, is that, you know, you, you, we've had the sevens. There's going to be further events happening here in Hong Kong over the next few months. But ultimately, it's still going to be very important to see, you know, when does Hong Kong uh, go to that next step instead of just zero plus three to most other Asian countries where it goes basically having a zero plus zero. And so there isn't really that medical surveillance period. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not, you know, Hong Kong mm. gets to there. But ultimately, we are seeing things uh, gradually opening up and hopefully, you know, more foreign investors coming back into Hong Kong as well. And making it easier for you to come back and forth to Singapore. It was great to see you last month, Ken. Thanks, as always. Ken Wong is Asian Equity Portfolio Specialist at East Spring Investments on the line for us from Hong Kong. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.